everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the NUS Nursing Research Podcast series where we feature the latest works of our brightest minds. I'm Dr. Jocelyn Chu, a research fellow at the Ellis Lee Centre for Nursing Studies. Here with us today is Dr. Chua Weiling, a research fellow at the Ellis Lee Centre for Nursing Studies, National University of Singapore. She is passionate about improving the recognition and response to deteriorating hospitalised patients, as well as raising sepsis awareness and knowledge among healthcare professionals and the general public. Dr. Chua has presented her research work in local and international conferences. Today, she'll be sharing about how she teaches students to recognise and manage sepsis using virtual reality. Our topic for today is recognising and managing sepsis through virtual reality and enhanced active learning strategies, where Dr. Chua shares about how she conducts sepsis education using a game-based learning approach. We will also talk about how this is generally a more productive than didactic teaching, or what we also known as traditional classroom teaching. Hi Weiling, it feels so refreshing to have this conversation with you now, you know, because we are normally just talking along the corridors in the office and never like really outside of office, right? Yeah, that's right. So thank you for having me too. It's a pleasure to be here today. Thank you. So maybe before we start, you could share a little bit more about yourself and what you do. Hi everyone, I'm Dr. Chua Weiling, a research fellow at the Alice Lee Centre for Nursing Study at the National University of Singapore. One of my research areas has to do with improving the understanding and awareness of sepsis among healthcare professionals and healthcare students. Right, so we keep hearing the word sepsis, right? Can you share with us a little bit more about what it means? Okay, so basically, right, sepsis is a serious complication of an infection which can lead to multiple organ failure and death if not treated quickly. Fever or low body temperature, chills and shivering, a fast heartbeat, confusion or disorientation, shortness of breath and fast breathing, extreme pain or discomfort. These are some of the symptoms of sepsis, a life-threatening and time-critical medical emergency that has a mortality rate of 30 to 45% and kills 11 million people each year. So in fact, most cases of sepsis are avoidable and treatable. And early identification with expeditious intervention is key to successfully treating it. So in relation to a hospital setting, we educate our students by training them how to recognise and respond to sepsis and focusing on the early diagnosis and management of sepsis. Right, so it seems like the key to this problem is actually to detect and treat sepsis early, right? Yes, we really need to nip it in the bud. Sepsis is a serious complication of an infection. It sets in when the body develops an extreme response to an infection, damaging its own tissues and causing organs to function poorly or abnormally. So without timely treatment, sepsis can rapidly lead to tissue damage, organ failure and death. Even though it usually starts in the lungs, urinary tract, skin or gastrointestinal tract, anyone can get an infection and almost any infection including our COVID-19 virus can lead to sepsis. However, some people are at a higher risk for sepsis such as individuals with a weakened immune system, the elderly or infants, those with underlying medical conditions such as heart or lung conditions, cancer, diabetes, liver or kidney diseases, those with recent severe illness or have been hospitalised due to severe COVID-19 for example. Also, people who survive sepsis are at higher risk of redeveloping sepsis. 
So the incidence of sepsis will continue to rise with the interplay of multiple factors. There are four that we look at largely. The first is an aging population. Because as people age, the immune system becomes less effective at fighting infections. This results in older people contracting more infections and they are more severe. Every infection they get means they have a higher risk of developing sepsis. Also, as people age, they may develop chronic illnesses such as diabetes, your COPD, kidney disease or heart failure. This increases their susceptibility to sepsis. A second group of people who are prone to sepsis are those who suffer predisposing comorbidities, which means that they have more than one serious health condition and are generally more prone to infection. The third reason for the increase in sepsis cases is the use of immunosuppressive therapy, especially in cancer patients or patients with autoimmune inflammatory conditions to keep the immune system in check. However, these drugs may weaken their immune system, which causes them to be more susceptible to complications from common infections. And lastly, there are very strong strains of bacteria, viruses, fungi or parasites that are resistant to medications used to treat them. As more germs bec become resistant to antimicrobial medications used to treat infections, more people are at risk for developing sepsis. So sepsis is recognised as a global health priority by the, the World Health Organisation. The WHO has adopted a resolution on improving the prevention, diagnosis and management of sepsis. So one effort we can do is educating healthcare professionals on the early identification and timely management of sepsis. Right, so it seems so important that we train and educate our young budding healthcare professionals in early detection and management of sepsis, right? So how does your research work actually tie in with this? Okay, so yes, my team and I conducted several studies on the recognition and management of sepsis among healthcare professionals and students as a way to find out how to improve their learning and understanding of this area. So we uncovered an interesting finding from our systematic review of 32 studies that sepsis education through an active learning approach put simply learning by doing, such as simulation learning and game-based game learning, generally produce greater gains than traditional classroom learning. Because these methods provide learners with hands-on clinical opportunities in a safe and controlled patient environment, which is important to the learning of complex clinical topics like sepsis. I, I can totally understand because I think some of our students actually go on clinical attachments mm. and they could possibly or potentially witness such management of sepsis cases but wouldn't have that much of an opportunity to do some hands-on on mm. the management, right? So uh, giving them this kind of virtual reality or learning experience would actually give them a safe environment to practice or simulate this kind of management, right? Precisely. So this is why we want to improve learning in a safe environment that we develop a program using virtual reality to teach students. So together with my mentor, Associate Professor Liao Sok Ying, we developed the Sepsis Interprofessional Education or in short, the Sepsis IPE program for undergraduate medical and nursing students at the NUS. So the program actually adopts a blended learning approach with virtual reality. 
So in our program, we build the students' knowledge by scaffolding the knowledge base, starting with a self-directed e-learning on team communication skills strategies and sepsis care, followed by a desktop virtual reality simulation. So the virtual reality simulation allowed the medical and nursing students to work together in a virtual world that closely resembles a real clinical world in the delivery of team-based care for patients with sepsis. So the self-directed learning activities provided students with the prerequisite knowledge needed for the role-play exercises through the virtual simulated sepsis cases. So the learning mechanism for role-playing exercises and reflection in virtual simulation promotes learning acquisition and helps to deepen the students' learning by building connections between the theory and clinical practices. So we also incorporated interactive gameplay in the form of quizzes, scoring system, and time challenges to gamify the virtual simulation so as to you know, like encourage participation. Right, I think it sounds very fun that you actually inject some game-based components into your program, right? Mm. So I, I'm very interested to find out more about your outcomes actually. Yeah, so actually, you know, we have tested the Sepsis IP program on 415 undergraduate medical and nursing students to evaluate on their sepsis knowledge, their team communication skills, and how they apply the skills in the clinical practice. So overall, students who have undergone our program demonstrated a significant improvement in sepsis knowledge and team communication skills. So in addition, the students actually fostered a better understanding and appreciation of each other's interprofessional role in sepsis care. So this is also critical as you know, we all need one another's support and looking after a patient is always a team effort. Congratulations on your very positive feedback and positive findings. <laughs> so I'm curious, did all this happen during the COVID-19 pandemic period? Yes, it was. So actually, I must say that right, the COVID-19 pandemic actually gave greater, greater impetus for the virtual simulation because you know, the COVID-19 has disrupted conventional in-person simulation training. And we all know that virtual simulation offers several advantages. You can assess it anywhere, anytime, and it is cost-effective, and you can repeat aspects of the cases you encounter. So in addition, our students also gave feedback that you know, using virtual simulation and gamification was a refreshing and fun way to learn about sepsis care and the process of interprofessional teamwork and communication. And what was also interesting was that we discovered from our focus group discussions with the students that adding a high-fidelity simulation after the virtual simulation would allow them to have a face-to-face -face practice on critical skills like team dynamics, communication and hands-on clinical skills. So virtual simulation can be used as a bridge you know, between the classroom learning and high-fidelity simulation. It helps learners to develop critical reasoning, prioritization and decision-making skills which prepare them for complicated tasks in high-fidelity simulation. So from this, we are actually currently designing a program to complement virtual reality learning with a high-fidelity simulation component to enhance the long-term retention of knowledge and performance of clinical skills. Right, it's great to know that efforts are actually underway to develop more interesting mm. Uh, programs for teaching and learning, right? Uh, I, I totally agree that, you know, introducing this high-fidelity simulation, you know, by using mannequins and all this could actually provide an even more real scenario for, for students to mm. learn about how to control sepsis or manage sepsis apart from virtual reality. Mm. I mean, like you've mentioned, virtual reality helps to bridge 
the traditional classroom teaching to high fidelity, right? So I think it makes a lot of sense uh, in, in, in that way. Yeah. So yes, and no, like we enjoy this feedback that actually help us further improve on our sepsis education program. Right. So besides researching on this area of sepsis management using this kind of tech-based approach, right? What what else have you discovered in this area? Okay, so I'm actually currently working, you know, with a group of like-minded clinicians who actually share similar interests in improving the care of patients with sepsis and supporting nurses in their roles in this aspect. So, you know, we all know in the healthcare, nurses play an important role in the early recognition and management of sepsis. You look at, you know, in the emergency department, triage nurses are often the first point of contact the patients have with the healthcare system. And in the inpatient settings, nurses are in a privileged position to identify hospital onset sepsis at its earliest possible time because they have the most patient contact hours among other healthcare professionals and they are the ones responsible for routine bedside monitoring of patients. So in a recent multi-site study, you know, we found that nurses have gaps in their knowledge about sepsis and sepsis management. So the nurses did recognise that they have this knowledge gap which in turn led them to have this you know, lack of confidence in identifying and assessing patients for sepsis. So this knowledge gap actually further reiterates the need to ensure that nurses' knowledge of sepsis is in keeping with the latest evidence-based knowledge and best practices, as well as the need to improve their confidence in recognising and managing patients with sepsis. In addition, nurses in our study expressed their desires for more sepsis education and training opportunities and an implementation of sepsis screening tool and sepsis care protocol. So in fact, you know, like research has shown that sepsis education and a protocol-based sepsis care comes as a bundle and they act as you know act in synergy to improve care processes and patient benefits. So at present, I'm working with this group of clinicians to develop a blended simulation-based training program for hospital nurses. So this program is actually our first step and major component to our sepsis performance improvement initiatives, which aim to improve adherence to the guidelines or protocol for sepsis care. That sounds so interesting and exciting. We wish you all the best in this research project. Yeah, so thank you. Yeah, so in a nutshell, right, I personally feel that you know, technology can be a powerful tool for facilitating the learning process. So active learning can be enhanced with educational technology applications in a well-designed and structured format. Nonetheless, the use and integration of technology should be directed by the educational needs to optimise the learning outcomes. Right. Thank you very much, Dr. Chua, for sharing with us your wonderful insights on this area and for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me as well and would like to share you know, at this platform. Right. So you've been listening to a podcast on recognising and managing sepsis through virtual reality and enhanced active learning strategies, part of the NUS Nursing Research Podcast Series. With us in the studio was Dr. Chua Weiling, a research fellow at the Alice Lee Centre for Nursing Studies, National University of Singapore. I'm Dr. Jocelyn Chu. Thank you and till the next time. Mm-hmm.